Hello, I'm Karen Alvarado, co-artistic director of Thinkery and Verse, and you're listening to Decameron 2020, a storytelling podcast putting Boccaccio's Decameron in conversation with modern pandemic experiences. In the fourth story of the first day, Dionysus tells the story of a young monk who commits an egregious offense with a young farm girl and how he frees himself from the pain of punishment by cunningly and scandalously reprehending his senior abbot with the very same sinful offense. So concluded Madame Philomena's tale. No sooner had she finished than Dionysus, sitting next to her, began speaking. And without even waiting for a command from the queen, since he knew, based on their arranged order, that he was up next, he therefore began to speak in the following manner. Gracious ladies, if I fail not in understanding your general intention of this exercise, we are purposely assembled here to tell stories and especially such as may please ourselves. In which respect, because nothing should be done disorderly, I hold it lawful for each of us, as our queen decreed before her dignity, to relate such a novel tale as in our own judgment may cause most contentment. Uh, so far we have heard that, uh, by the good admonitions of Jehano de Chivigny, Abraham the Jew was advised to the salvation of his soul. And Melchizedek, by his witty understanding, defended his riches from the power of Saladin. I now purpose to tell you in a few plain words, without fear of receiving any reprehension, how cunningly a monk compassed his deliverance from a punishment intended towards him. There was in the country of Lunigiana, which is not far distant from our own, a monastery, which sometime was furnished Uh, better with holiness and religion than nowadays they are. In this monastery there lived, among diverse others, a young novice monk, whose hot and lusty disposition, being in the vigor of his years, was such as neither fasts nor prayers had any great power over him. Now it chanced that upon a fasting day at about high noon, when all the other monks were asleep in their dormitories, this frolic friar was walking alone in the church, which stood in a very solitary place, where ruminating on many other matters by himself, he spied a pretty, handsome wench. She was some groundskeeper's daughter in the country, and she had been gathering roots and herbs in the field, and now she was upon her knees before an altar. The young monk had no sooner seen her, but immediately he felt effeminate temptations, and such as ill-fitted with his profession. Lascivious desire and no religious devotion made him draw near her, and whether under the guise of confession, the best cloak to compass carnal affections, or some other as close conference to as pernicious and vile a purpose, I know not. But the short of the matter is this. He prevailed upon her frailty, and such a bargain passed between them that from the church he won her to his chamber before any person could perceive it. Now, this young, lusty monk, in the height of it, was transported with overfond affection, and he was more careless of his dalliance than he should have been. Just at that moment, the Lord Abbot, being newly arisen from sleep, 
and walking softly about the cloister, came to the door of the young monk's chamber, where hearing what noise was made between them, and a feminine voice more strange than he was wont to hear, he laid his ear close to the chamber door, and plainly perceived that a woman was there within. Wherewith, being much moved, he intended suddenly to make him open the door, but upon better consideration, he conceived it far more fitting for him to return back to his own chamber and tarry till the monk should come forth. Now, the young monk, though his delight with the damsel was extraordinary, found his ecstasy followed by fear and suspicion. For in the very height of all his wantonness, he heard a soft treading about the door, and prying, spying a small crevice in the same door, perceived apparently that the abbot himself stood listening there, and could not be ignorant, but that the maid was with him in the chamber. For the young monk, pleasure ensued pain, for the venial monk knew well enough, though wanton heat would not let him heat it before, that a, a grievous punishment must be inflicted on him, which made him sad beyond all measure. Nevertheless, without disclosing his dismay to the young maiden, he began to consider with himself on many means, whereby to find one that might best fit his turn. Suddenly the young monk conceived a stratagem which, properly sorted, would result in a situation that would best suit his disinclination for punishment, whereupon, seeming satisfied for that season of his lust, he told the damsel that, being careful of her credit, as he had brought her in unseen by anyone, so he would free her from thence again, desiring her to remain there in his chamber, without making any noise at all, until such a time as he returned to her. Going forth of the chamber, and locking it fast with the key, he went directly to the Lord Abbot's lodging, and delivering him the said key, as every monk used to do the like when he went abroad out of the convent, setting a good countenance on the matter, he boldly said, My Lord, I have not yet brought in all of my part of the wood, which lies ready cut down in the forest, and having now a convenient time to do it, if you please to give me leave, I will go and fetch it. Hearing this, the abbot persuaded himself that he had not been discovered by the monk, and to be resolved more assuredly in the offense committed, being not a little jocund of so happy an accident, gladly took the key, and gave him leave to fetch the wood. No sooner was he gone, but the abbot began to consider with himself what he were best to do in this case, either in the presence of all the other monks, to open the chamber door, that so the offense being known to them all they might have no occasion of murmuring against him when he proceeded in the monk's punishment. Or rather, should first understand of the damsel herself how in what manner she was brought thither. Furthermore, he considered that she might be a woman of respect, or some such man's daughters would not take it well, to have her disgrace before all the monks in the cloister. Therefore he concluded first to see what she was, and then afterward to resolve upon the rest. So, going very softly to the chamber, and suddenly entering it, he locked the door fast with the key behind. Now the poor damsel thought it must be the gallant young monk, but finding it to be the old abbot, the young woman fell on her knees. Shame and fear trembled through her body, and she cried. My lord abbot, looking shyly at the girl, and perceiving her to be fair and fit, uh, felt a sudden, although he was old, no less of a spurring on to carnal desires than the young monk before him. He began talking to himself privately, of course. 
When I may freely have it, why should I not take pleasure? My days are cares and troubles. Most days, no such delights are prepared for me. This delicate, beautiful girl is here and no one else in the world. If I can entice her to do her the way that I would have her, then I myself can't find a reason to deny myself. No man could, no, nor any tongue blazed abroad. A sin concealed is a sin half pardoned. Such a fair fortune as this perhaps will never happen again for me. Therefore, I hold it wisdom for men to grab such gains while they may still enjoy it. Upon this immodest meditation, and his purpose quite altered from which he came for, he went near to her, and very kindly he began to comfort her, desiring her to forbear weeping, and by further insinuating speeches, acquainted her with his desires. The maid, who was neither made of iron nor diamond, and seeking to prevent one shame by another, was easily won to the abbot's will, which caused him to embrace and kiss her often. And meanwhile, our lusty young novice monk, whom the abbot imagined to be gone for wood, had hid himself aloft in the roof of his cell, where, when he saw the abbot enter the alone into the chamber, he lost a great part of his former fear promising to himself a kind of persuasion that somewhat would enable his better comfort. But when he beheld him locked into the chamber, then his hope grew to undoubted certainty. A little chink or crevice favored him, whereat he could both hear and see whatsoever was done or spoken by them. Uh, so when the abbot thought he had stayed long enough with the damsel, leaving her still there and locking the door fast again, he returned thence to his own chamber. Within some short while after, the abbot, knowing the monk to be in the convent, and supposing him to be lately returned with the wood, determined to reprove him sharply, and have him closely imprisoned, that the damsel might remain in the cell solely to himself. Now the old abbot called the young monk before him, and, with a very stern and angry countenance, giving him many harsh and bitter speeches, commanded that he should be clapped in prison. The monk very readily answered, saying, My good lord, I have not yet been so long in the order of St. Benedict as to learn all the particularities thereto belonging. And besides, sir, you never showed me or any of my brethren in what manner we young monks ought to use women, as you have otherwise done for our custom of prayer and fasting. But seeing you have so lately therein instructed me, and by your own example how to do it, I here solemnly promise you, if you please to pardon me this one error, I will never fail therein again, but daily follow what I have seen you do. The abbot, being a man of quick apprehension, perceived instantly by this answer that the monk not only knew as much as he did, but also had seen what the old abbot had intended that he should not. Wherefore, finding himself to be as faulty as the monk, and that he could not shame the young man without shaming himself, and so the old abbot pardoned him and imposed silence on either's offense, they conveyed the poor abused damsel out of the convent, she purposing to never after to transgress in the like manner.
This story was narrated by J.M. Meyer. Thank you for listening to this episode of Decameron 2020 by Thinkery and Verse. If you liked what you heard, you can tune into more stories from the Decameron and discussions between our storytellers right here on Buzzsprouts or wherever you download your podcasts. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word. For more from Thinkery and Verse, you can check us out on social media at Thinkery Ampersand Verse on Facebook and Thinkery underscore and underscore verse on Instagram or by going to our website, thinkeryandverse.org. Thanks again for listening. Be well. Thank you.